How do we keep our faith red hot? That's our subject today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. We need to pray. We need to worship. We need to fast. We need to keep our hearts listening to the voice of God, red hot for God, because I don't know about you, but my heart starts getting really cold really fast if I'm not in His presence. And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, Senior Pastor at New Life Community Church and President of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're at the start of a series called Red Hot Faith, where Mark will be leading us through the biblical do's and don'ts required to live a life that's truly on fire for God. Last weekend, Mark showed us how critical seasons of fasting and prayer help us stay alert and listening for God. If you missed the first program of our series, feel free to catch up anytime by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. Now, we're in the book of Acts, chapter 13, starting at verse 2, as we join Mark for today's message, Keeping Your Faith Red Hot. There's not a person that doesn't have a clear, defined mission and call of God upon their life. You may not know it, you may not recognize it, but God has been preparing you for it your entire life. God has gifted you for it. God is putting tools in your tool belt. God is giving you a personality that accompanies it. God is giving you visions and dreams if you allow yourself to receive them from on high to what God has called you to do. Many of us don't engage in our call. Many of us don't fulfill the destiny that God has called us to because we're not listening to our orders and our commands. The Apostle Paul and Barnabas, in an atmosphere of fasting and prayer, the Spirit of God called them and said, set apart. That means, by the way, when God sets us apart to something, we have to say yes. And every time we say yes to something, it means we have to say no to something else. Set apart Barnabas and Saul. Set them apart for work. If you're gonna engage in the mission that God has called you to, every time you say yes to God, it also means that you have to say no to something else. And some of us wanna do what God wants us to do, but we don't wanna say no to something else. Barnabas and Paul, it meant that they had to say no to staying and yes to going. It tells us in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Who's we? We, the people of God. We are God's workmanship. We are his his project. And we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before that we should walk in them. This passage is telling us that God has created and shaped you, and he's created and shaped you for a task that he prepared in advance for you to do and for you to accomplish. We are God's workmanship and God has a purpose and a plan for each one of our lives. God had a purpose and a plan for Saul that he would be a witness to the Gentiles. And then the Bible says that, so verse three, so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and then they sent them out. You see what the church did, it was the church simply recognized that they had a calling. And anytime you see the laying on of hands in scripture, when it comes to leadership, 
It's a sign of saying, we give you the authority and we give you our blessing to accomplish this. I have raised and trained now actually dozens of pastors. And during that time of training and raising, at some stage or another, as they get set to pastor a church, there's always the laying on of hands. And you'll see if you've ever been at a, one of our ordination services that we lay hands on them. And we lay hands not to give them a mission, but we lay hands on them to affirm the mission that God has called them to. You understand? The laying on of hands is simply saying, I, as a leader and pastor called of God, lay hands on you and recognize the gifting of God within you to the mission to which God has called you to. And so we lay hands on you. We impart that sense of authority. Now go do it in Jesus' name. The laying on of hands. And so the church recognized the calling of Barnabas and Saul and they laid hands on them and then they sent them off to do the calling of God upon their life. None of this would have been possible without, first of all, fasting and prayer and listening to God. And I want you to start to incorporate that into the rhythm of your life. You don't have to wait till January when we do an all church fasting and prayer to fast and pray. It should be part of the rhythm of your life. Secondly, number two, I'm talking about how to keep a red hot faith. By the way, I, I believe church that if we are not a praying church, we will quickly degenerate in our fervency for God. We need to pray, we need to worship, we need to fast, we need to keep our hearts listening to the voice of God, red hot for God, because I don't know about you, but my heart starts getting really cold really fast if I'm not in his presence. Maybe I'm unusual. Maybe you can keep your heart red hot without praying, fasting, worshiping, staying in his presence. But I'm going to tell you, I can't. I need regular times daily. I have regular times. My goal is to spend time with God every day. Every day. Why? I need it. I need it every day. I need that fresh sense of God's presence. I need a fresh word from God daily. And I believe that I'm probably like most of you that you need it as well. Number two, surrender. You see, in the second part of this verse, they we're choosing to live in obedience and on mission with Jesus. Part of it is listening to the voice of God. The second part is living a life that's surrendered to obey what God tells you to do. It's one thing to hear the voice of God. It's another thing to obey the voice of God. I have a great question that I like to ask the young men that I'm mentoring to ask themselves this question and I would encourage you, and I ask myself this question as well. What is God saying to me lately, and what do I need to be doing about it? I'll write that down. What is God saying to me lately, and what should I be doing about it? I'm operating off the premise that God speaks to you or tries to speak to you on a regular basis. 
Some people avoid coming to places like this because they start hearing the voice of God and you don't like hearing what God is saying. Well, let me say that again. Some people, every time they're around a place like this in a place of worship, then suddenly the wax from their ears starts coming off a little bit and they start hearing the voice of God. And when they start hearing the voice of God, they don't like what they hear because God is calling them to obedience. Sometimes he's calling them to leave something or to obey or forgive someone or release anger or stop sleeping with their boyfriend. And when they hear it, they don't want to hear it. So they stay away from places like this because it makes them, what they say, it makes me feel bad. It's not a matter of making you feel bad. You are hearing the voice of God. And God is speaking to you and it's bringing conviction upon your heart. And if you don't want to obey him, then you feel bad. Let me tell you how to feel good. Obey. Surrender. I heard you, God, I'll obey you. Next Sunday, you're going to want to come to church because you're not going to feel the voice of conviction anymore. You're going to feel that sense of, I'm walking in obedience, God. And since I'm walking in obedience, I'm enjoying your presence. You see, the first thing people want to do when they start walking away from God and living the way they want to, the first thing they want to do is they start avoiding things that cause them to hear the voice of God. They don't want to worship. They don't want to listen to Christian radio. They don't want to go to church. They don't want to go to home group. They don't want to read their Bible. They don't want to. Why? Because God speaks to them and they don't want to hear what God is saying. Surrender means that when we hear the voice of God, we obey the voice of God. The voice of God said, separate Barnabas and Saul. And, and so it said, the two of them were sent on their way by whom? The church? No, by the Holy Spirit. And they went down to these cities that they were called to do. And when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God. So they understood their mission. And then they decided, okay, I'm going to obey what God is telling me to do. Recently, I was reminded about this, that it's hard for us to surrender. And sometimes when we're in a lukewarm state, not red hot, then we tend to avoid obedience. Recently, I read a description of what it means to be lukewarm or not red hot in a book by uh, Francis Chan called Crazy Love. And he describes the characteristics of when we've allowed our heart to grow lukewarm. We're still in God. We haven't walked away from God, but we allow our heart to get lukewarm and not red hot. And listen to some of the characteristics he describes. Lukewarm people give money to charity and to the church as long as it doesn't impinge on their standard of living. Lukewarm people tend to choose what is popular over what is right when they are in conflict. They desire to fit in both at church and outside of the church. Lukewarm people don't genuinely hate sin and aren't truly sorry for it. They're merely sorry because God is going to punish them. Lukewarm people don't really believe that this new life Jesus offers is better than the old sinful one. Lukewarm people are moved by stories about people who do radical things for Christ, yet they do not act. They assume that's just for extreme Christians, not average ones. Lukewarm people 
call radical what Jesus expected his followers to do as normal. A lukewarm people rarely share their faith with their neighbors, coworkers, or friends. They don't want to be rejected, nor do they want to make people uncomfortable by talking about private issues like religion. Lukewarm people gauge their morality or goodness by comparing themselves to the secular world around them. Lukewarm people say they love Jesus and he is indeed a part of their lives, but only a part. They give him a section of time, their money and their thoughts, but he hasn't been allowed to control their lives. Lukewarm people love others, but do not seek to love others as much as they love themselves. Lukewarm people do whatever's necessary to keep themselves from feeling too guilty. They want to do the bare minimum to do good enough without requiring too much. Well, that's convicting. You see, our heart tends to go to lukewarmness if it's not kept red hot in God. And that's just the first part of today's lesson here on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. We'll continue with the second half in just a moment. Right now, I want to make certain you don't miss out on the free weekly devotional Mark sends out to our listeners every Monday morning. It's called the Bold Stepper Weekly. It's a completely free resource from Bold Steps Weekend. And one additional feature of the Bold Stepper Weekly, Mark, is it now incorporates the Bold Steps Minutes, so there's even more content. Yeah, and someone says, well, what's the Bold Step Minute? Well, it's just snippets of messages, PowerPoint statements that get you thinking and uh, it's incorporated in the email, so you can just click on it and listen to it. I think it'll be an encouragement to people. Yeah, it's like a little spiritual energy shot <laughs> on Monday mornings go. to read the Bold Stepper Weekly. So sign up today at boldstepsweekend.org. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly tab. It's easy to join the list, and there is no cost or obligation. Now let's return to our message called Keeping Your Faith Red Hot on Bold Steps Weekend. God didn't make you red hot just to sit around and do nothing. God made you red hot because you have a mission to live. See, you don't need power unless you're doing something with that power. The Holy Spirit came on Pentecost to give us power. But if we're not doing anything, why do we need power? If you have no faith goal, if you're not trying to change your neighborhood, lead someone to Christ, lead your family, be a godly man, be a godly woman, date in a holy way. Uh, if you're not trying to accomplish anything, you don't need power. You just need a seat to sit in. You need a recliner with a Dunkin' Donuts cup of coffee. You don't need power. A little caffeine is all you need to do what you, because you have nothing that you're trying to accomplish. You see, we only need power if we're trying to accomplish something that requires power. Jesus gave power to the early church and now, and he said, go, change the world. 
I've given you power. Now go be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. I'm calling you to be light in darkness, to be sheep among wolves. I'm calling you to be salt and light in your generation. I'm calling you to be the change. The last thing is, listen, it's faith. They went out and they proclaimed the message everywhere they went. You see, you have to believe. They were believing and sharing with boldness the transforming message of the cross. You have to believe the message. If your faith is going to be kept red hot, you have to believe what the message says. You have to believe that the good news is good news. You have to believe that without the good news, there's a lot of bad news. You have to believe that the message of Jesus can truly change people. You have to believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can change anyone, no matter what their background, no matter what their story, no matter how bad they've been, there's nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus that changed people's lives and make them brand new. I had an opportunity while I was in Spain, a unique, a different opportunity that I'd never really had before. When I grew up in Spain, Spain was an extremely difficult place to plant a church. But I got invited to speak at a Catholic conference. And I was the only non-Catholic evangelical Christian speaking there. And I was somewhat surprised that they had asked me to come. I'm like, okay, are you sure you want me to go to that? I mean, and the guy that invited me said, there's going to be two bishops, some vicars. It'll be mainly priests and nuns and lay leaders within the Catholic church. And so um, it was in a town of Valladolid in the center of Spain. I was a little bit perplexed why the, the guy that invited me, he said, we've heard about new life in Chicago and what's happening there. I want you to tell your story. I was still surprised that I was invited to speak there though. And then I got a little bit of the background story a little bit. You see, this lay leader that was organizing the conference invited me in part because his son who was in high school, a year and a half ago, he was in high school and he was severely bullied. And one of those kids that got in the wrong crowd and he was bullied and the bullying, I guess, got very, very bad, so bad that in one altercation, his son was left unconscious. And the boy went into a deep depression, refused to go to school, started dressing in black, went into himself, become very introverted, and his parents were very concerned about him, what was going to happen, and took him out of school. And we happened to have a camp that we do every year in the summer, a 10-day camp, and his parents decided at a last-minute effort to take him to that camp and sign him in and see if they could convince him to go, and he went. In the evening time at those camps, we speak. This time, my son Josiah happened to be speaking, and I translated for him. And Josiah spoke about identity. 
And afterwards we prayed and his son came forward and I prayed for him. And I didn't know his story, but God gave me words to pray about his darkness and about who he was, about what God was going to do. And that camp turned this boy's life around. So his father told me, this conference and these priests and these leaders in the Catholic church, they need to hear the message that you have to teach. So I was honored to be able to go there. It was a little bit intimidating, I have to admit, to be there because I just didn't know how they were going to accept me because I was introduced in, in a very Catholic setting. This is Mark. He's an evangelical pastor in, in Chicago. And I just said, oh, God, fill me with the spirit. I'm just going to preach the word boldly. And, and so I shared our story. I preached about red hot faith. I said, you know, in America, it's the same as, as Spain. There are people that are Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Assembly of God, you name it, that they know religion, but have never encountered the power of God in Jesus. And I know that you are all very religious, but that doesn't mean you know Christ. And I explained the gospel. It's not through works. It's not through works. It's not, it's, it's about an encounter with Jesus and when you surrender your life through him. And this is the gospel, not by works, what we have done, but total surrender in Jesus to Christ. And at the end, I said, I'm going to pray for anybody that either needs to understand and have an encounter with Christ or have their faith red hot. I'll never forget it because it really warmed my heart. There was a young priest sitting over there with a collar and he must have been in his late twenties or so sitting and eagerly just eating up the word as I preach. What God reminded me of is, is I'm working all over the place. Don't put me in boxes. God can move in a Catholic conference with priests and nuns as he can work in a, a new life service. If the gospel is preached and the power of the Holy Spirit is there, I felt like I was having a new life altar call. I mean, the uh, altar was full and we were praying over people as well in a different setting that maybe they had never seen or never experienced. But you know what? God is not limited to one place or another. God is God. And when we invite the presence of God and the power of God, He moves where, where the gospel is preached and His presence is invited. Amen? Amen. So maybe you've been putting God in a box and maybe you've been shy about bringing the gospel and his presence to your workplace, to your school, to your family gatherings. I want to encourage you and challenge you right now not to put God in a box, not just to say, well, people would never listen. They wouldn't respond. I want to challenge you to live on mission with Jesus. Let your red hot faith affect your conversations, affect your witness. And so I'm going to pray for you right now that God would give you a boldness and that God would open your up eyes to opportunities that are all around us. Father, I pray for that person that right now is struggling with just being a bold witness. And they want to, they love you, uh, but sometimes they just keep quiet or uh, they allow fear to intimidate them in sharing the good news of Jesus. I pray that you would let that red hot faith stir a fervency in them 
that would allow it to come out in their conversations, that they would invite you into every setting, God, your presence. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give some opportunity this week or next week for them to have a meaningful conversation about spiritual things that involves your hope and your love. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, amen. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. If you shared that prayer with Pastor Mark and you've decided to fully surrender your life to Christ, there's a special video we want to share with you. You can find it by going to boldstepsweekend.org. Just click on the link that says My Next Step. There, Pastor Mark has prepared a personalized video to help you walk through this life-changing decision and show you how to take your next step in following Christ. And be sure to follow up with someone from our team here at Bold Steps Weekend by clicking the helpful links. While you're at the website, you'll also want to check out our latest Bold Action gift. It's an encouraging book called We Will Not Be Silenced by Erwin Lutzer. Standing up for what you believe in is highly encouraged in today's society, unless, of course, you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. It seems that every day our culture and country are pushing harder against the values and teachings of Christianity. In his book, Dr. Lutzer encourages us to push back against the opposition with patience, respect, and understanding. We'll send you a copy of We Will Not Be Silenced when you give online at boldstepsweekend.org or you can donate with your phone by calling 866-535-5580. And if it's easier, you can send your donation in the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And before we close today, remember you can always find these messages and catch up on anything you miss by subscribing to the Bold Steps Weekend podcast. Open up your podcast app on your mobile phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Next time, Mark continues our series called Red Hot Faith with a message about utilizing our God-given gifts. Hear more next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.